It's a joyous time of year. Uh, I love spring. It's probably one of my favorite times of year, though I love every season because it reminds us of the Lord's creativity. And uh, as we're in the season where we're remembering Jesus came in to Jerusalem to be presented as Messiah, as King, we're going to be reading from Matthew uh, chapter 21. And uh, truly, we have reason to celebrate. Um, He is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, as we sang this morning. Uh, He desires for us to be humble before him, submitted to him, and used by him for his glory. Let's pray as we begin the message this morning. Heavenly Father, we come to you. We thank you so much for sending Jesus, the true and perfect spotless lamb, to come into Jerusalem to present himself as Messiah, as King, to be received by those with open hearts and unfortunately rejected by those that were against him. But we choose today to receive Jesus, to live in his example, and to glorify you, our Lord. We thank you that we can read your word, we can remember the things that you've said and done, and we can live in your example. Speak to us, we pray, and use us for your glory. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, As I consider the Sunday that Jesus came into Jerusalem that we call Palm Sunday, because in John chapter 12, it says they took the branches of the palm trees and the other branches and they were waving them uh, in honor of Jesus. As I consider this, I consider two aspects. One is that Jesus came in humbly and also that he came in victoriously. Uh, That is why he was being received and how people were crying out Hosanna, which we'll talk about in a minute. And for us, we need to follow the example of Jesus, to live humbly, but also to live in victory. Uh, Truly, Jesus is our example. And um, we remember that he came into Jerusalem. He looked over the city. And as I mentioned earlier, he looked and he wept because he knew that some of the people uh, were going to be rejecting him. And uh, that also speaks of his humility, right? He's coming in to be received as the coming king, but he looks over the city and the people and he weeps. Uh, He also came in in victory. And this brings us to the passage in Matthew chapter 21, where we're going to be studying today. It says in verse 1, When they, uh, Jesus and the disciples, drew near Jerusalem and came to Bethpage and the Mount of Olives, then he sent two of his disciples. So they had been ascending up. Uh, Chapter 20 tells us that when they were in the area of Jericho, uh, a couple blind people came. They cried out to Jesus, have mercy upon us. And he says, what would you like for me to do to you? And they said that we would receive our sight. And it's interesting that that happened just before he came up to Jerusalem, because in the Jewish mindset and according to Jewish tradition, they were expecting the Messiah to be one who would open the eyes of the blind. And uh, in those days, only someone with supernatural power could truly open the eyes of the blind. So he did that. Then they went on and ascended up to Jerusalem. Uh, You might understand from pictures or visiting that Jerusalem is a city that has uh, hills that are kind of what we call mountains around it. Uh, One of them uh, to the east is the Mount of Olives. It says, 
When they drew near to Jerusalem and came to Bethpage, uh, that was a village uh, next to Bethany, where uh, Bethany is where Lazarus and Mary and Martha were from and where Jesus was staying, he sent two of his disciples. Uh, he said to them, go. Um, and sometimes isn't that like the basic instruction that the Lord gives us, right? He just says, go. He gets us started and then he gives us more instructions as we go. He says, go into the village opposite you and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them to me. And uh, I believe that these instructions remind us of our need to be humble before the Lord. Uh, sometimes we just hear the simple instructions, go, uh, what we're to find and what we're to do, right? They're to find the two donkeys, uh, the mother and the, the young colt, and then bring them to Jesus. And um, he also says, the Lord has need of them. So the question for us, when we have simple instructions, are we willing to follow them in obedience? Um, the disciples, uh, they followed the Lord's instructions. They probably didn't understand that in so doing, they were fulfilling a prophecy. Because in verse 4 it says, uh, he says in verse 3 first, if anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord has need of them, and immediately they will send them. All this was done, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you. So they might not have understood, but in this simple obedience of going and bringing the animals to Jesus, they were fulfilling prophecy. The prophecy, of course, is from uh, Zechariah. Chapter 9, verse 9. Verse 5 says, Tell your daughter, tell the daughter Zion, meaning the people of Jerusalem, Behold, your king is coming to you, lowly or humbly, sitting on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. Um, it's interesting. Uh, this translation says, Tell the people of Jerusalem, Look, your king is coming to you. He is humble, riding on a donkey, on a donkey's colt. And um, this is kind of unexpected, right? Uh, you would think a king coming into Jerusalem that he would have maybe a stallion or a chariot coming in. But Jesus chose to uh, ride in on a colt, which is even a young donkey. The other gospels say that it had never been ridden upon. And he did it because he wanted to be an example. Uh, a donkey is an animal of service. It's an animal that is humble. Uh, they're also kind of known for being a little bit stubborn, right? Uh, but uh, the one that had never been ridden on was actually calm, as Jesus uh, wrote on it. And there's a poem uh, that speaks about that, um, kind of the honor that the donkey had as Jesus rode in. It says, your king is coming to you. And we've been studying that the last few weeks, haven't we? There's a lot of signs, a lot of things that are happening in our society that cause us to have that desire to see Jesus as king come to earth. And it says he's coming humble. Um, this is an interesting aspect, right? He's coming as king, so he's coming in victory, but he's also coming humble. And most kings uh, throughout history were not known for being very humble, but Jesus, he's our example. And uh, we see what happens. It says, A very great multitude spread their clothes on the road. Others cut down branches 
from the trees and spread them on the road. So this is why it's called Palm Sunday, because Jesus came in on Sunday. By the way, according to Daniel's uh, writings in chapter 9, he came in on the very day uh, that it was prophesied that he would come. Um, And uh, it's an interesting uh, consideration that Jesus says as he comes in, if you knew this, your day, right, the day of your visitation. But most of the religious leaders and the people following them rejected Jesus. But he did come in. Uh, They brought the donkey, the colt, they laid their clothes on them and set him on them. And then they're crying out with the branches. They're uh, saying Hosanna, which we'll see uh, in the next verse. Then the multitude who went before and those who followed cried out, saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. So Hosanna is a Hebrew word. It's actually two words. Uh, And the first word comes from the same word that we get the word Joshua from and also the same word that we get Yeshua or Jesus from. It's uh, Hoshia uh, Na. And uh, Hoshia means save. So the people are actually crying out to God, you save us. And Na in Hebrew means please. I remember when we were studying uh, Hebrew, we were going from where we lived in Jerusalem on a bus. And um, it was kind of in that transition where young people started to be like not wanting to follow the older people's examples. So they had on the bus these little signs and it showed a person with their feet on the seat. And it said in Hebrew, don't put your feet on the seat. And then the last part was na. And I thought, oh, that's so interesting because it says, you know, don't do it, please. They have a different word for please, but they use this word. And uh, some translations say, save us now. But really, it's like a prayer. Save us, please. And it's from Psalm 118. And he also, um, as he was coming in, they were saying, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. That's the Baruch Habab Hashem Adonai. So it literally means the one coming in the power, the glory, and the character of the Lord. And this is why we say that he's coming in victory, because he's coming according to the plan of the Father. And then the last phrase, uh, Hoshiana, Hosanna, in the highest, right? From earth we're crying out, Lord in heaven, would you please save us now? And you can see it's a humble request, but they're shouting it out. They're waving the palm branches. They're putting their clothes. And sometimes in movies, uh, you see the portrayal and it's like a small group. But we have to picture it says a great multitude, meaning there were uh, hundreds, maybe even thousands of people that were expecting Jesus because he'd been doing miracles for three years. Uh, He had been proclaiming that he was going to come to Jerusalem. And uh, we know that a lot of people were expecting him. It says in verse 9, The multitudes who went before and those who followed cried out, saying, Hosanna to the Son of David. Um, You might remember Son of David. It's a messianic term, meaning it's a term of the Messiah. And it's because King David was promised that if his sons uh, did not depart from the Lord, that they would be those that would be the ones of the line of the coming Messiah. 
Um, that's in 1 Samuel chapter 7. And so the son of David is another term for the word uh, Messiah or the anointed one, the coming one. Um, some people, as they experience this, they ask the question, um, it says in verse 10 and 11, when he had come into Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, who is this? So the multitude said, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. So some people are wondering, you know, who is this that the whole city's kind of shaken up in an uproar, as we say, and they say, uh, this is Jesus. It's an interesting thing, right? We consider different aspects of who Jesus is, but he also is the one to receive our praise. He's the one that is our example, that he came in humbly, uh, and he is the promised Messiah. It says the whole city was moved. Uh, Martin and I were in Israel, and unfortunately, we experienced a terrorist attack. Uh, we were going to visit Holocaust survivors, and this man had made a gun. He came from an Arab village, and um, he was shooting uh, just before we drove into the city. And all of a sudden, that dynamic of the city changed completely. You can imagine. And this man, he, had, he was an Orthodox man with a kippah. He came running up to our car, and he was knocking on the, because we were going to turn in the direction where the person had just been firing a gun. And he says, Neshekam, uh, Neshekam. It was like a, a hot weapon is basically the literal translation. We would say live fire. And uh, he was warning us, don't go down that way. So we didn't really know what to do. We saw the, um, they have these uh, scooters that are like ambulances. We saw them race in, the police cars starting to come in. And all of a sudden, the city just changed. And you can imagine, um, when Jesus came in, people who weren't expecting, they could feel like the atmosphere of the city had changed. And uh, they said, who is this? And the multitude said, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. Um, who is Jesus? Right? He is humble, yet powerful. He's humble, yet victorious. And I think this is the thing that we need to remember as well, is that Jesus lives to bring victory in our life. It says he always uh, leads us in victory. And so then the question is, who are we? Right? Uh, we see a picture of a, a white donkey. Uh, are you humble uh, or are you high strung like a racehorse? You know, some people, they forget this aspect of being humble. And uh, especially when you get upset with something, uh, you can l lose the aspect of the nature and the character of Jesus. Jesus is coming again. He's going to come and overcome the enemies. He's going to come on a white horse. But as we wait for him, we're to be humble and to trust in his victory and not to fight on our own. I'd like to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Some of my favorite verses. Um, in this chapter, Paul is talking about the resurrection and the promise of the res resurrection. And he says, because we are in God, uh, our bodies are going to be transformed into the likeness of the resurrection body of Jesus. And he says that this corruptible body, meaning the mortal body, must be put off and we will then put on immortality. And it says, death in verse 54, 
1 Corinthians 15, verse 54, death is swallowed up in victory. I like that. Uh, almost all of us have had a family member or a friend die. Uh, Marta and I, we've been right behind a car that was ran over by a semi-tractor. And I walked up and I saw the people. Um, one was dead immediately and a few were barely hanging on. And those things shake you deeply when you see someone die that you know or you love. And the Bible says that death is going to be swallowed up in victory. And we have to remember that though Jesus was crucified, he then rose again and he overcame death. It says in verse 57, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 57, But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Consider that. We're to give God thanks. It says he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Right? Jesus came in humbly. He allowed his body to be broken for us. Uh, he went to the cross. He bled and died for us. But then he brought the victory through the resurrection. And it says that he always leads us in victory through Jesus Christ. Then he says, therefore, my beloved brethren, meaning brothers and sisters, be steadfast, right? Immovable, not shaken so easily, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Let me encourage you, follow the humility of Jesus, but live in the victory of Jesus. It says, be steadfast, right? Not to be shaken and always abound um, in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Let's pray as we finish today. Lord, we come to you. We say yes and amen to your promises that you want to lead us in victory. Lord, we want your victory. We want you to guide us in the things that please you. We want to abound in the work that you have set aside for us. And we want to be immovable as we see things getting shaken up around us with tornadoes and disasters. Lord, help us to be strong in our faith, unshakable. And we want to live in the reality that you have overcome death, that we have the hope and the promise of the resurrection. Fill us, Lord, with your spirit. Use us for your glory. Shine through us to reach other people. We trust you and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.